0: Welcome to the People Analytics and Future Work Podcast with Al Adamson. Hi, this is Al Adamson, founder and executive director of the Talent Strategy Institute, and I'm here today with Julian Holmes of Concentra in London. Julian, you
1: there? Hey there, Al. How are you doing?
0: Doing very well. Thanks for making time today. I'm super excited to be speaking with you. You're doing some great work there at Concentra, and I'd love to hear about it and love to share it with the world out there and the people analytics community. So if you would introduce yourself, please, and provide a little overview of Concentra. That
1: would be great, Al. Thank you very much. So My name is Julian Holmes. Um, I'm a director in Concentra. Uh, We are um, an analytics business based in London, but we also have offices in Toronto and in the Netherlands, and we're shortly opening an office in Philadelphia in the States as well. And um, as a business, we do three things. Um, We we actually have a supply chain analytics product called SupplyView. Um, We have a uh, a workforce analytics product called OrgView, which we might spend a little bit of time talking about later today. And we also have um, an analytics consultancy business. And in summary, uh, we work, uh, two main ways we work, we work directly with end clients and we're very happy that we've started working with some very large Fortune 500 companies in the USA, with some um, large companies um, in the UK. And we also work directly with a number of large consulting firms who use our products to uh, provide uh, services to their own clients as well.
0: Great. And you know, personally, what's your journey been? Yeah, how did you get into this uh, people analytics realm?
1: So um, kind of by accident, actually, um, I started my career as a, a chartered accountant at CPA in the States. And um, I worked for a number of organizations, and and in particular, I worked for um, America Online uh, in Europe. I was one of the uh, first employees in Europe. And um, uh, one of the things we had to do there was that we we changed AOL from being a pure sort of sales and marketing business to actually being an infrastructure business um, in the UK. And I played a big role in um, uh, building that out. And one of my frustrations was, uh, you know, we really understood the technology side we understood the kind of asset side of it, but um, actually, a lot of our challenges were around finding uh, the right workforce, the right people to help us deliver what was a very substantial, you know, multi hundred million pound program uh, to deliver. And so, I got very interested in, in, I guess you could say, aspects of workforce and an operating model uh, from that piece of work. Um, And really as a result of that piece of work, I got uh, headhunted into Deloitte, into the organization design and talent practice at Deloitte. Did a lot of large scale corporate uh, transformation, organization design type programs. But again, I had this sort of feeling that wouldn't it be great if we could, uh, shall we say take some of the analytics and some of the finance disciplines and strategy disciplines and really begin to build out the capability around that around workforce so with a couple of colleagues we uh, founded a workforce analytics practice in deloitte in london uh, grew that business very quickly it's it's still a live business today still doing very very well um and uh, and, and that's when we started that's how i really got into this specs
0: Well, you and I spent some time back in December, and I got very excited as we were talking about your views on how work is organized and how an organization is created, uh, how it's formed to do that work. Can you speak to your philosophy on how that challenge is solved and specifically what you and Concentra are doing now to meet that challenge?
1: Yeah. So w- when we think about uh, about OrgView, uh, you know, when I was looking at it as a as a potential buyer in Deloitte, was that OrgView, um, you know, has incredible capability around, I guess, what you could call talent analytics, understanding the people you have working in the business. It's as the name would suggest, a lot of capability around, you know, how people are organized how you structure, but then very importantly, um, about the ability also to, to place, I guess, that workforce piece in the context of the rest of the business architecture. So the processes, the other business activities, such as programs and projects, um, the, the financial position, the assets, the technology, and really bring that together in one environment where, you know, number one, you can understand how the business and the organization work today, but then very importantly, the ability to then model, ask what if questions, and uh, think about really how, how both the business and the workforce need to evolve to change uh, for tomorrow.
0: With that in mind, you know, workforce planning uh, has been arguably ill-defined. Uh, it's been pretty much looking at your existing workforce, looking at growth, um, anticipating or projecting the number of headcount that would be required to do that uh, additional work, assuming the organization is growing. And there's been little or f- less thought rather Uh, towards what are the more efficient, effective ways to utilize the compensation dollars as well as to utilize the talent within the organization so they're able to be more efficient and effective. And if I understand you correctly, particularly on that latter side, org view is very strong. It allows scenario planning, different ways the organization can look to do work. Uh, Is that right? And uh, what value does OrgView deliver at the end of the day?
1: Well, I suppose um, you're absolutely right, is that, you know, we are, you know, we actually cover a a wide range of of different applications for our end clients. So sometimes our end clients are, um, you know, uh, really answering HR questions for HR functions, and that's still an important use case of our product. Um, but we also have, um, you know, a specialized workforce analytics team, so using Orgview to acquire data, to stage it, um, and to get it ready uh, uh, ready for the work they want to do. But also a very large use case, both in our, you know, large global clients, um, but also in our uh, consulting partners, is therefore the ability to, um, to think about how the business is changing, to think about, um, you know, the workforce you have, um, to uh, for operational effectiveness or how to deploy your workforce more effectively against the work that you have um, and therefore that that would cover a multitude of scenarios so any, anything from m a divestment uh, cost cost reduction so really a wide range of business scenarios that have a significant workforce dimension that is typically where um, all previous is used and um, maybe i could talk a little bit about OrgView as a sort of a you know what is OrgView because I think we I think the assumption is that we we talk about OrgView just as a piece of uh, technology and, and OrgView certainly is a is a great piece of technology in in terms of its ability to um, you know both flexibly uh, sort of uh, uh, integrate data uh, visualize that data and model that data so that's both for workforce and non workforce data but really importantly as well I think the team behind OrgView bring insight on methodology and use cases. Um, so, you know, we're luck- I'm lucky to work with some great people from really some of the leading transformation firms in the world. Um, and actually we have a we have a book, Al, called Data-Driven Organization Design. The, the, it's authored by our CEO, Rupert Morrison, that talks about how you do this work and some different approaches to doing this work. Um, and I think anybody who's read that would agree that it's got a really unique take on this, this field. Um, but then, very, very importantly, what what we've discovered over the last two years is that um, really the data side and the technology side, at least from in in terms of our experience, is no longer the barrier to doing this work. Really, um, you know, the, the main thing we're focused on now is how we can help our clients build transferable, sustainable skills in workforce analytics and transformation so that um so that you know they really are able to to work with the business to make sure the business is getting you know creating the most value that's possible um out of the workforce, and obviously that means you know more rewarding and challenging work for the workforce themselves
0: yeah, as you shared, yeah it does help uh, considerably to understand orgview's background, particularly picking up on the notion of data driven organizational design so it also begs the question in the absence of data-driven organizational design uh, what have organizations uh, been doing Um, can you speak to that a bit yeah Yeah. how have organizations been designing orgs historically
1: yeah that's that's a that's a podcast in itself out maybe maybe for the follow-up right you know but um (laughs) but maybe just some initial thoughts on that so, um, ten years ago, when I really got it, got involved in this field very formally, um, the the way that the the consultants and businesses went about doing this work was largely focused around a facilitated conversation, you know, between some very experienced sort of um, consultants and and senior management teams to lead them through a process by which that organisation design was done. Um, so I'm really dealing, I guess you could say, with two layers. Um, the first layer, often done by businesses themselves, which is about you know boxes and wires diagrams, so uh, moving people around the organization, um, you know maybe identifying roles that weren't needed um, anymore, and, and perhaps that's one way that people think about organization design. The second way, which is the way that the consultants tend to use was a, a sort of a target operating model that approach. So let's think about the capabilities, the organisational capabilities that the the business needed, and um, you know where are we? Um, where do we have the right capabilities for the business going forward into the future? Um, where do we have significant gaps? In other words, we don't have enough or the right quality of people to do what the business is going to need going forward. Or thirdly, where do we have surplus? Where do we have people doing things that, as we look at the strategy of the business and the requirements of the business going forward? We just have an excess. Um, And, uh, you know, without going too much into detail, working through a facilitated process to say, okay, so therefore, um, here's some different choices about, you know, um, uh, how we're going to uh, orientate those organisation designs, you know, whether it's a geographic model, or whether it's a functional model, or a business unit model, or s- usually some combination between those two, and then building out, typically on a top-down cascading basis, an organisation that design that arises from that from that work. I think what is different about the, the the approach we take is that we we add a a third layer to that thinking, which is around. Um, really thinking about, well, what's the activity in the business? What are the processes? What are the project and programs? You know, what does the detailed design need to look like? So I suppose really, you know, um, both in the work we do with our clients, but also if you look at at our book, Data-Driven Organization Design, really that begins to tell you how you can also design organizations from the bottom up. And, um, you know, uh, I think that, both approaches are valid. I think skilled practitioners and, and you know, businesses looking to to excel in this area can actually apply all three layers. So this sort of boxes and wires, amend you know, designed by member type approach, this target operating model-driven approach, but also this activity-driven design. And actually data has a role to play in, in all three layers, and, and that's why we call it data-driven organization design.
0: Got it. Uh, it's, it's fascinating. And more specifically, what data... Are you uh, talking about, and if I might lead in, uh, are you talking about identifying numbers of jobs and levels and uh, amount of money devoted to those specific roles or or maybe and are you talking about uh, skills and grabbing that data and analyzing the data required to do the activity or do the work that uh, is identified? Can you speak to that?
1: Yeah, so all of the above, and I think it very much depends on the specific business problem you're trying to solve, Al. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lo- a lot of OD projects will start by saying, look, you know, what's the what's the demand? What do we actually need? And, and so, you know, the definition tends to be done in terms of, um, you know, uh, to begin with sort of groups of people, maybe even taking a workforce segmentation approach and thinking about, okay, what are the different types of roles we need within these workforce segments and doing some quantification around that based on process volumes or around business volumes, various, various techniques apply there. Um, then you might go down to the next level and say, you know, are there specific competencies uh, that we need to do this work? Sometimes people try and bore the ocean around that. They try to define everything. I, you know, I personally use prefer approach that focused on, you know, uh, critical skills and critical gaps and critical workforce segments. Um, You know, if you're talking about hiring generic skill sets and to some degree, I think you can afford to address that through operational management and then getting into um, when you're then thinking about the supply side. So the workforce side. So what do we already have? Can we assess those in terms of, you know, competencies and skills? but then, beginning to think about the workforce planning um, uh, side of that, therefore, is the uh, and I was, I was I can never quite remember them all right, but, you know, but the build, buy, borrow, bounce uh, type Correct. approach about you know um, you know where where does it make sense to uh, maybe uh, sort of. Uh, get these skills, actually hire these skills in, where can we build those skills internally? Can we use uh, temporary workers? Can we redeploy people in the business, you know, retrain them to to produce the skills we have? So there's a variety of, of techniques that you're looking at. And I mean, w- one thing I guess I, I want to say on all of this, Al, is um, one of the things I think you've heard me say before, but I'm very keen on, is the link, thinking about the link between strategic workforce planning and organisation design. Hmm. For a reason that I don't really understand is that um, I I seem to very rarely meet somebody who does both strategic workforce planning and organisation design, which I find a little bit curious, because to me, um, they're really just, you know, different sides of the same coin. Um, The way that I sometimes put it is, look, Organisation design is kind of like a, a balance sheet. It's a snapshot. Um, you might have multiple balance sheets, multiple snapshots of how the organisation needs to be. Whereas strategic workforce planning is more like the PL or the cash flow. Is how do you move between those different balance sheets? You know what needs to change over time. And so, to me, it's a little bit strange to me. Is you know ideally, I would think that you know um, you know for any kind of large-scale business transformation or business improvement. Really, you should be doing your organization design and your strategic workforce plan. They should be going together hand in hand. Um, and I think tools like what, what one of the things that Orgview lets you do is because it you know, lets you do multiple designs, iterate design very, very quickly, uh, begins to make a reality that ability to do both strategic workforce planning and organization design as a basis of transformation. <laughs> yeah it's it's brilliant and um thank you
0: for highlighting that and i couldn't agree more and it also leads to the question it's not just an h r process is it 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 involves operations it involves finance it involves facilities potentially so of those organizations that are Doing this work well, uh, whether it be org design or or workforce planning or or just optimizing their workforce spend and engaging their workforce in in meaningful work and and being productive, what are some of the salient characteristics of those organizations? Is there a governance that bring together these disparate uh, functions and are they working together based on the data-driven insight that you all are providing?
1: Um, it's more helpful to think about where, where, what characteristics there might be, where it might cause you a problem. So, you know, so you can, you can do both of it. So I guess what I would say is, um, I always get nervous when I work on programs where there's a, there's a lot of silos, for example, between finance and HR and operations, you know, that that makes me nervous. Uh, Where people aren't sharing data with each other, there's there's big silos like that. I think that makes it very difficult to do an effective program like this. Um, I think that uh, having the right program structure around this work, so clear objectives about what the scope is and what the business is trying to achieve and the timescales by which those need to be achieved. And what that means, actually, for anybody doing this type of work, and hopefully people will recognize this when I say it, is, um, you know, to some degree, you know, being the constructive voice, but sometimes the voice of challenge of saying, look, you know, guys, you know, we can do this work quickly, um, but, you know, the chances are that that will introduce considerable risk into the process. We might end up making some suboptimal choices if we try to do this work you know too quickly and without properly understanding the data and without properly exploring the different options that we have um to achieve the business outcome we want to achieve so i think program management is also super important in this and, and the whole communication around programs like this and you know i mean you know the, the topic of the conversation today is around analytics um i still see a massive role for those traditional organization design skills around um, stakeholder engagement, stakeholder management, leading people through is, you know, let's face it, what is for most people a very uncomfortable, um, unpleasant experience of thinking about transformation, to help them, you know, make, you know, understand the decisions they need to make, the implications of those decisions, what options they have, so that coming out of the transformation process you know both the business but the leaders in the business and the workers in the business everybody is is stronger for it and you know you're in a a better position than when you went into when you went into that process because if you can't say that then you know you need to think carefully about how you do transformation I suggest.
0: Right. So what I'm hearing is bringing those disparate uh, or f- potentially formally disparate leaders together to get their opinions, get their ideas. And also, and this is based on discussions we've had previously, is that this is being done over time. So there's this uh, assumption by many that okay, you do this once and you press go and you just let it run for however long <laughs> it works. Mm. But really, uh, data-driven org design is dynamic. It, it, it's a, uh arguably continuous refresh or at least a, a periodic refresh. Is that a fair statement as well?
1: Yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you, Al. I mean, funnily enough, um, I was uh you know with with colleagues at various times you know trying to suggest this idea of continuous organization design and continuous transformation and you know five six years ago at least maybe maybe in our our london bubble that felt like a um quite a challenging thing to say i would say that you know now when i go to the uh when i have discussion with all view clients and, and you know some of our partners and stuff I think that just as the the nature of, um, you know, of, of you know, uh, I guess, global and international business now is that nothing really stays still for very long. So the idea of doing a single big bang transformation, and, you know, when you get to the end of it, everything's okay, and you don't need to touch the business for the next 10 years, I think is unrealistic. I think it's, in fact, I would even argue it's probably far more beneficial to think about transformation as being something that is Ongoing, that doesn't mean that everybody has to change all the time, but rather you're thinking about where's the next opportunity, where's the, where are we going to focus next that's going to have a disproportionate impact on the on on the value and the effectiveness of, of the organization we're working with.
0: Right, and yeah, in that regard too is when an organization acquires an organization or has a something closer to a merger uh that process comes to be even more I- important because uh, we all know the statistics around how acquisitions struggle if not fail. And what I'm hearing too is that you all, with your tool and p- the processes that you advocate, uh, can help reduce the risk of a acquisition
1: not working out.
0: Uh, is that true as well?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a it's a it's a big growth area for us and you know, we hope that, you know, it, it continues to grow. Um and, and that's both work us working directly but also with our consulting partners. Um I think that um I think anybody who's ever been involved in M and A will tell you is that is that, you know, um historically the, the work that was done around that was to a degree done at you know at a very, very high level, you know, big 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 sort of elements of canvas that were being you know brought together to produce a rationale and a business case uh, for the m a um you know on on the kind of day zero when the transaction actually happens you know a lot of sort of you know people working very very hard just to just to keep the, the combined entity or even you know the post divestment entity you know running effectively and the float and all the rest of it but um, and And that tends to be you know where the investors and i guess the street and things that tend to be really focused is 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 the big bang when the merger actually happens. The reality is the um you know two three four who knows how many years work afterwards to then bring those previously disparate um organizations into a into a cohesive um whole so um just think of one client example we had where you know very very typically two finance systems two h r systems. And uh, really two years after the the their main transaction, they were still struggling to produce data for the business that the, the senior management team could agree on. Um yeah. and, and in that case, all acting as a as a consolidation tool that could actually explain why the finance system and the HR system were given different views of the world, but then to effectively to reconcile between them and the show will actually um you know uh, they're both valid points of view, but different points of view of the same set of data. And and that's around more technically around, you know, the alignment of cost centers and the organization structure that was causing problems in that particular case. So yeah, we have, you know, we have both the, I would say we can assist both in the reporting and sort of side and and, and working on what's going on. But then also as, um, again, in this sort of, you know, post-transaction world is about how you get that alignment of process, that alignment of business activity Thinking about, you know, the workforce that you've inherited as part of the um, transaction and figuring out how do we best deploy this workforce or against how the combined entities need to work together uh, in the future as a, as a cohesive whole.
0: Yeah, love it. I mean, I love the approach that you're taking, and obviously it's very much needed. So it's no surprise that uh, the uptake of your products and services are are high and growing, so good for you all. As we start to wrap up here, um, any closing comments you'd like to share with the audience?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I suppose from my perspective, um, I I really think that uh, really – the, the, the workforce analytics, and, and particularly the transform, transformation side of that, really is we're, we're at the beginning of a journey. Um, you know, I think we can all see um, on the horizon or, or even experiencing now the impact of things like automation um, and um, AI and, and cognitive assistance at work on, on, on the workforce. And I think therefore, you know, again, we should expect that the work that we're going to ask our, you know, that we're all going to have to do and, and and how we're going to go about deploying our people and aligning our people against this new work is a is good, it's just a huge, you know, both business and social challenge. So I think um, really um, everybody in this field is is if they're not already thinking about it, is going to have to raise their game um, and really think about, you know, how can we make what we do more data driven, more nimble, more agile. And more compelling for the senior business leaders, so that they can really truly understand, you know, how the workforce drives value for the business, and um, you know, uh, and, and and take a take a rounded view um, of those questions.
0: Yeah, absolutely hey, julian i could talk to you all day i mean you're uh inspiring to listen to i, I love your ideas and thinking not only yours personally but uh concentra and the, the whole concept of data-driven org design you know congratulations to you all for you know, doing what you've done and uh, what you continue to do so and finally how can people get in touch with you
1: Great. So um, you can contact us on our, our website, www.orgview.com. Um, you can reach out um, to us directly uh, by email. My email address is julian.holmes at Concentra. i joining you um, in San Francisco um, at the conference. So we'll be there for any listeners who are going to be there. And we look forward to as meeting as many people on the West Coast and the States as we can.
0: All right, Julian. Hey, again, thanks for joining us and uh, look forward to seeing you next week.
1: Me too. Thanks, Al. Cheers.
0: Thanks for joining the People Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. To find other podcasts, videos, upcoming events, and to join the Global People Analytics Network, please visit us at globalpeopleanalytics.net.